Hello, and welcome to Surveyor Says, the podcast from the National Society of Professional Surveyors. Joining our executive director, Kurt Sumner, will be John Bird, we know him as JB, and is the NSPS federal lobbyist, and John Palatiello, our legislative consultant, as they continue our Point of Order series. Today, they will focus on the three talking points for the upcoming NSPS Lobby Day efforts. These talking points are important to know and understand for the visitors to the Hill, so the gentlemen discuss why these topics are critical to the success of NSPS. This podcast serves as a primer for our members, whether they are participants of Lobby Day or not, and helps describe our specific focus on an important role of NSPS and why we are an advocate not just for its members, but for all surveyors nationwide. So, without further delay, NSPS is proud to bring you our latest point of order on this episode of Surveyor Says. Welcome, everyone, to Surveyor Says. Today, we're doing an episode with John J.B. Byrd, the NSPS lobbyist, and with John Palatiello, our longtime friend and longtime uh, government affairs consultant. Uh, Many of you listening may not know that John has been involved in NSPS, ACSM issues uh, a really long time, and I'll let him tell you just how long that has been. But at one point, he actually was in the employ of ACSM, and we were fortunate enough here just a few years ago to get John back uh, with his company to represent us, and JB has come along as our our direct lobbyist, and I think anybody who's involved in our government affairs team will tell you that we have as good a team as there is, uh, particularly regarding the fact that we are the surveying profession, and in particular, John's expertise over the years and and knowing about that and being involved in it. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about the three issues that will be addressed during the visits on Capitol Hill Day, which is just prior to our spring meetings. And we're going to have JB talk a little bit about the logistics of the training sessions and then the in-person visits, just to introduce that a little bit. And then we'll get into the three issues themselves. And then at the end, we'll follow up with more details on the training. So with that, welcome, John, and welcome, JB. Glad to have you with me today. Thanks, Kurt. So, Thank JB, you, Kurt. if you would begin by talking a little bit about the whole training sessions and logistics for the in-person meetings. Great. Well, thank you, Kurt. Uh, again, I'm JB, and I'm the federal lobbyist for NSPS based in Fairfax, Virginia. And we're really excited, uh, but as part of the training portion, We will be doing two webinars specifically on the issues and protocol for your visits later this, uh, actually next month now, March 18th and 20th. And then we'll do an in-person briefing at the hotel on March the 31st. And we'll we'll touch on more details later on in the show. Thanks, JB. Well, the three issues that have been chosen, and I'll let John give you a little brief explanation of how that was how that was done and what the logic was. But the three issues are infrastructure, licensing, and privacy. That's probably not going to surprise anybody who's listening to this because they've long been issues for us as a profession. And a little different ramifications, of course, for each. So, John, if you would start out and just introduce our our listeners to these issues. 
Thanks, Kurt. Well, the as you mentioned, the three issues are infrastructure, licensing, and privacy. And these were agreed upon in a meeting that uh, Kurt Yu and Pat Smith, our Joint Government Affairs Committee Chairman, and JB and I had in our office right after the first of the year. And we do that every year uh, to review what we were involved in and what we accomplished in the prior year and to do our planning for the forthcoming year. And in that meeting, we talked about a lot of issues that affect the, the surveying profession uh, in Congress. And we thought that these three were A, very important to the profession, B, a very timely and relevant in terms of what's happening in the market. And three, these are issues where we believe that Congress will be receptive, Congress will potentially act this year, and where we believe bringing the members of NSPS to Washington and visiting Capitol Hill can have the greatest impact. So that was really the criteria that we used and the reason why we selected those three issues. So if I'm understanding you correctly, the one of the reasons for choosing these three issues is obviously they're important to us all the time, but particularly they're interesting are of interest to us when legislation is either begun, pending, about to start, whatever the case is, that have these components within them. That's absolutely correct. And as we get into a discussion in a little bit more detail on all three, I can uh, share with you um, the relevancy and the timeliness of these issues. But you're Excellent. absolutely correct in that regard, Kurt. Good. Well, with that, uh, feel free to go ahead and begin with whichever one you want to start with. Well, I think we've decided we would start with infrastructure, and this is not a new issue for NSPS members. We have brought this issue to Capitol Hill on previous occasions. Uh, as our members uh, may know, or hopefully should know, if you're following um, what's happening in current events and what's happening in politics and, and in Congress, you'll know that ever since the presidential election in 2016, President Trump put a major emphasis on the need to invest in modernizing America's infrastructure. This is not a partisan issue. Both Republicans and Democrats agree on this need. What uh, there has not yet been agreement on is how. Uh, what is infrastructure? Um, what kinds of features should go into an infrastructure program? And the most important issue upon which there is no consensus as of yet is how do you pay for it? But uh, what we will be bringing to Capitol Hill is a discussion of the role of surveying in America's infrastructure. And the fact that um, regardless of whether infrastructure is roads or bridges or rail systems or school or broadband or whatever it is that is within one's definition of infrastructure, the, um, the construction broadly of that infrastructure is very dependent on surveying, mapping, and geospatial data. And when I use the word construction, I, I hesitated a moment ago because what we're really talking about is surveying, mapping, and geospatial data 
is essential to the planning, the design, the construction, the operation, and the maintenance of a piece of infrastructure. So surveyors have a role in the entire life cycle of a piece of physical infrastructure. And we're going to be talking about the specifically advocating and educating Congress about that role. Uh, there has been some action, and I'll defer to JB to talk about what the United States Senate has done. Uh, and that is in with regard to the fact that the, the Senate has begun a reauthorization of the federal highway program. It's not a total comprehensive multimodal or multi-facility type of infrastructure, but solely the highway program. And JB can talk a little bit about what the Senate has done and what it will next do and, and what's already in the bill. JB? Great. Yes, thank you, John. So um, first of all, the, the highway bill needs to be reauthorized by this September 30th. So that's the deadline that Congress has in the Senate. The Senate got off to a good start last year when the Senate Committee on Environment and Public Works uh, was able to mark up a bill, S-2302. And in that bill, uh, that's made it out of the committee. There's a section that we're we're tracking very closely, and that's section 1308. And uh, there's a lot on the line in our view for what that means to the the surveying profession. Uh, what we're hoping to do, though, is to take a look, evaluate that section a little closer, and then work with the House when it comes to. Uh, moving forward with their version of the bill. So the current status of the Senate bill is that it's out of the committee and awaiting further action on the Senate floor. On the House side... So, J.B., let me, yes. let me interrupt you for a second. Um, this section that J.B. is referencing, Section 1308 of the Senate Bill, S-2302, requires the Secretary of Transportation to develop guidance for the use of geomatic information, including remote sensing, land surveying, cartography, GIS, global navigation systems, photogrammetry, or other remote means. And it recognizes the need to, to use this data uh, for or through a variety of, of means. I think NSPS can take uh, a good share of credit for this provision, number one, uh, the members coming to Congress previously and talking about this. Number two, JB's work every day in talking to folks on Capitol Hill. And number three, Kurt, if you'll remember, we had Senator John Barrasso of Wyoming, the chairman of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee, as our speaker at breakfast for our day on the Hill last year. And so those were all things that contributed to a recognition of the important role that surveyors and other geomatics or geospatial professionals play in our highway program. And that led to this provision being in the bill. So JB, I, we're going to continue and talk about uh, what our action will be, uh, not only in supporting this or maybe enhancing this in the Senate, but making sure that uh, we advocate for a similar House provision. That's right. So. Uh, 
as part of the packet that NSPS members will be hand delivering to each office they visit on April the 1st, the NSPS Day on the Hill, we will have the issue paper on the infrastructure and on the back side of the issue paper will be our draft legislative provision. So for the purposes of Senate action, because we know that the Senate bill currently has the section John just discussed, section 1308, we now have an opportunity to ask for everything else that's in our legislative section on the back of your issue paper to be added to the Senate bill. So that would be one of our action items is to request additional surveying, mapping, and geospatial uh, expertise be leveraged in the Senate Highway Bill. And so, Kurt, uh, Kurt, NSPS members, uh, I'm sure, uh, are aware and even more knowledgeable than, than JB and I, but you think about um, uh, boundary surveys, land acquisition, right-of-way surveys for new highway construction, subsurface utility engineering in the pre-design phase, uh, LIDAR for elevation data, all of these are investments in surveying and mapping that provide an enormous return on investment and really um, help provide a much more cost-effective and efficient highway program. And that's really what the Congress is focused on is new and innovative ways to deliver projects where they can be delivered uh, at as low a cost as possible but more importantly, delivered in a much more timely fashion. There's been a lot of discussion about how long it takes to deliver a project. So what, what we're advocating and what NSPS members provide in the highway program really contributes to those goals that Congress has, has set for itself in the new highway bill. Yeah, this, this applies to all three of these issues, but I'll, I'll ask it now. Uh, with regard to, as we're going developing our approach for the day on the hill um, are there particular people who we specifically need to go visit with their legislator who might be a champion for us or someone that we really need their help uh, obviously we need everybody's help because every vote counts but i'm just curious if if there's it I need to have a little bit of conversation about, well, in this particular bill, Senator X from Y state or Representative Y from X state is somebody we really need to talk to so that our members who are listening to this podcast might see, wow, that's a good opportunity for me to go help out. Short answer is yes, Kurt. And um, first of all, there's what John P. likes to refer to as the big four on both the Senate side and the House side when it comes to drafting a highway bill. And that those are typically the, the chair and the ranking member of the full committee, as well as the subcommittee of jurisdiction, the, the chair and the ranking member of that subcommittee. Given that the Senate has already moved their bill, uh, at this point, it's a little bit more advantageous for us to reach out to uh, perhaps senators not on the committee that would still like to have a role in drafting the highway bill now that it's out of the main uh, committee of jurisdiction. There are other committees that do have a jurisdiction 
uh, and connection. So we will be reaching out. Quite frankly, what we try to do is to identify from the certain states that have been that are registering to see who specifically which senator makes the most sense to visit based on their committee committee of jurisdiction. So that's typically where we try to connect the dots between an NSPS member that's registered and their respective senator that we think would be, make the most uh, sense to try to then push a provision in the highway bill. In the House, that is where, that's where our major opportunity is. So yes, John is correct in saying that we should try to advocate for a similar section 1308 in the House bill, but we really should reach out again to the big four in the House. So uh, the, the chair of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, Mr. DeFazio of Oregon, that's definitely someone that we need to, to reach out to. And uh, certainly from Missouri, uh, Sam Graves is the ranking member on the full committee. And then we would micro-target down to the, the subcommittee of jurisdiction as well on highways and transit. And then again, utilizing uh, those NSPS, NSPS members that are registering, connecting the dots between who represents them in the House and whether they're a member of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. Are they a member of the Highways and Transit Subcommittee? So yes, we, we'd want to bifurcate that approach, make sure we reach out to the big four, but then also to the rank and file members of the Committee of Jurisdiction and connect the dots for the NSPS so, members. So for example, that subcommittee that JB referenced, the, the chair is Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton from the District of Columbia. Uh, her title is actually delegate, not Congresswoman. And the ranking Republican or ranking minority member is Congressman Rodney Davis of Illinois. But what we do, Kurt, is as soon as an NSPS member registers with us to tell us they're coming to our day on the Hill, we start the process of making appointments for them. And JB is involved in, in helping our staff with that appointments process. By those offices, when we contact them and say, well, a, a, a surveyor from your home state is coming on April 1st and wants to visit with you, the first thing the staff will say, is, the congressional staff or Senate staff will say is, what do they wanna come in and talk about? And we try to line up the three issues we're talking about here today with what committees those members of Congress or senators are on and where they can have the greatest impact on the issues. So we are telling them which issue, um, again, so that the NSPS member can have the greatest impact. Yeah, I guess one of the things I was thinking about in that regard as well was knowing who those individuals are who are in the legislature, uh, Maybe that gives us an opportunity to reach a little deeper, if you will, to our members in the specific states, not necessarily whoever signed up, but people who are actually more connected directly to those legislators and then work with, through our, our state director and our, our affiliate organization to maybe find somebody within their group who, who might, we might be able to get to come. And, well, if we can get more than one person per state to to attend, that would be great. And if we can particularly um, get NSPS members from the district of some of these key members of Congress, that would make our day on the Hill all that much more effective. 
Right. And, and that's kind of where I was leading to was something we here at NSPS need to focus on with your help so that we can can maybe find some of those people and encourage them to be here. That's that's kind of where I was headed. And like I said, that applies to all three of these issues. It's not just that one, of course. Correct. So let's move on. So the second issue that we will be having uh, NSPS members discuss when they go to Congress is the issue of licensing. Now, um, number one, every NSPS member knows that in the United States, licensing is done by the 50 states and um, the territories and jurisdictions, not the federal government. But there is a national movement across the country on occupational licensing. And the argument is that more than 25% of the American workforce is now in an occupation that requires a license to practice or to carry out that trade or profession or occupation. And that in many instances, the licensing schemes that are in place in states are, are much too restrictive, that it restricts trade, it's a barrier to entry, it's frivolous uh, regulation, and so on. And in fact, in some cases, that's correct. Um, you know, there are states that license people for flower arranging. There are states that are overly regulating hair braiding. And I think you can make the argument or at least raise a legitimate question, how is the public interest, how is the public health, welfare, and safety being enhanced or protected with that kind of licensing and regulation? Congress has sort of tipped its toe and the federal government has sort of put its toe into the water of this issue. When President Obama was in office, the White House actually released a white paper on this matter. Um, President Trump has pointed to um, restrictions on occupational licensing as one of the possible barriers to more efficient delivery of infrastructure projects. And so there is certainly an awareness at the federal level and the congressional level about the challenges that uh, occupational licensing are presenting. The, the issue is that many of the advocates for occupational licensing are doing so with a very broad-brust approach. They're not distinguishing between hair braiding and surveying. They're not pointing out how flower arranging and engineering are different, and they're not recognizing the public health, welfare, and safety implications of licensure of surveying. So what we've done is we've drafted a sense of the Congress resolution, and this is not an unusual thing for Congress to do. It's, it's not binding legislation, but it's basically a resolution expressing the opinion of Congress that there is indeed a public health, welfare, and safety implication to the licensing of design professionals. And through our membership in COFPACE, we're working on this with our friends in architecture and engineering. So it's basically a resolution where Congress says the public health, welfare, and safety of architects, engineers, and surveyors is paramount and any movement by Congress or the state legislatures on occupational licensing should really treat these professions differently and recognize 
the implications to public health, welfare, and safety. JB, I don't know if you have anything yeah, that you want to add. Yes, and, and so I just say that there should be tremendous value in this for each of the state affiliates. If they can if if they get challenged, if there's a state bill introduced or moving they can at least reference, once we have this introduced in Congress, they can reference the fact that Congress actually has put a stake in the ground and taken a position. And they can refer then to whether they're, they're state uh, legislative lobbyists or their other allies to let folks know that actually Congress is paying attention. And there are folks in Congress that recognize the importance of the design profession specifically what the uh, professional surveyor brings to the table and why that profession should be treated differently. And uh, so we are working on having a, a uh, sense of the Congress resolution introduced. We hope to have that introduced by April 1st so that we should hopefully have a bill number in both the House and the Senate. And if not, we will be advocating to, to find someone to, to introduce such a bill. I'll give you a perfect example, Kurt. You're aware of this. You and I have talked about this and exchanged emails, and we've heard from NSPS members that there are, for example, in, in Tennessee, there is potentially a bill or there's a bill that's been introduced like one that was pending last year in West Virginia that would say to the consumer, you can hire an unlicensed person as long as you sign an affidavit saying that you are consciously going to retain an unlicensed person to do your survey. Well, that's sort of ridiculous legislation. Um, the, a consumer does not know enough about the specifics and peculiarities of surveying to you know, really intelligently make a decision that, oh, I'm okay hiring an unlicensed person. Um, other instances we've seen is states enacting or considering legislation, and we know that two or three states have already passed this, that would provide, uh, in a worst case scenario, a blanket reciprocity. If you're licensed in one state, you automatically can get licensed in another state. Well, surveying law varies among the 50 states. There's not one common um, legal framework for surveying. That varies from state to state. You have the meets and bounds states and you have the public land states. So if someone could be a very knowledgeable and competent surveyor in Virginia, but that doesn't mean he can pick up and the next day go and practice in Arizona and be a competent surveyor in Arizona. So these are the reasons why we think this resolution is a great way of educating Congress and uh, educating the public that surveying along with architecture and engineering should be treated differently when one is looking at occupational licensing reform. Excellent. I think this, I'm really happy that we're going to address this one because it is a, obviously of major interest to all of our members, regardless of where they are, because as you know, when, when the ball starts rolling, it keeps rolling, right? And then once once something happens in one state or two, the the other 48 will soon follow. So this affects every licensed surveyor in America. And and again, that's the reason why we collaboratively decided that this was a priority and should be one of the issues for this year. Yep, certainly agreed. So what about our privacy issue? 
that's the third and final issue. And um, as as members may know, if you go to the NSPS website and click on, I believe it's you click on government affairs and then special issues, you'll actually find um, a a guideline that has been endorsed by the NSPS board. It's been developed and endorsed by some other groups uh, in the geospatial community, but it's a guideline on what activities a surveyor or an individual in other geospatial uh, disciplines, what data they may be collecting, storing, using, disseminating. And the issue is that there is legislation that has been pending in Congress for some time that seeks to protect the privacy of individual citizens. Well, as all of this legislation has been developed, it often uses the term precise geolocation data and imposes a number of restrictions on anyone in business who is collecting, storing, using, or disseminating information, including under these bills, precise geolocation information. Well, there's a reason for that, and that is that every time you use your cell phone, your cell company is collecting accurate positioning information about where you are when you're placing that call. Now, they happen to need that in order to connect you with their cell system and the person you're trying to call, but there are instances where those companies may be selling that location information or using it for other purposes. And that has raised a lot of concern in the minds of, of folks in Congress and other places. Well, the problem is that most of this legislation uses that term, precise geolocation data, but it doesn't define it. And if that is not defined, it would include surveyors in this very sweeping and far-reaching regulatory scheme that would really make it virtually impossible for surveyors to perform some of the services they're now performing every day. So our advocacy is to make sure that there is an exclusion or an exemption in a definition of precise geolocation data to make sure that this doesn't cover the very legitimate and necessary work that surveyors do. Now, this issue has been around for a while, but as folks may know, and in fact, I wrote an article that was in POB magazine, oh, maybe a year ago or so, that there is new legislation that has been enacted into law in California. And as we were discussing a moment ago with regard to the licensing issue, once the ball snowball starts rolling down the hill in some states, it gets picked up in others. This California law is very onerous. And in fact, the legislature has passed it and the governor has signed it, but they're really struggling with implementation because of how far reaching it is. Our fear is, and I think the fear of Congress is, the California bill may catch on in other states. And you think about under our constitution, uh, interstate commerce is the responsibility of Congress and the federal government. Intrust state is the responsibility of individual states. Well, the dissemination, the collection and storage and use and dissemination of this data 
would be in interstate commerce and it would be just uh, chaotic for our economy if every different state had its own laws about privacy and data and particularly geolocation data. So Congress is very interested in trying to pass a federal bill so that you have one standard for all 50 states. And that's our opportunity. That bill has not yet been written. It's still in negotiation. But this is our opportunity to point out that any any use of the term precise geolocation data or precise geolocation information has to have a definition and it has to exclude legitimate geospatial work where you're you may have a parcel information you may have address information you may not have the name of a person but we're not collecting social security numbers we're not collecting an individual a human beings precise location in real time we're not doing any of those things that would be of concern and a reasonable privacy issue but but we have to make sure that the definition does not include the very legitimate and necessary things that surveyors do and john's exactly right so the the different committees of jurisdiction just like infrastructure they're kind of they're, they're, they do have some proposals underway, but uh, they're still trying to identify areas of compromise between the two parties to move forward. That, that gives us some time so that when we go in on April the 1st and make these congressional visits, that's where we take Kurt's advice and to really micro-target specific offices on the committees of jurisdiction and make sure we educate them on this issue specifically and pursue that exemption language that John uh, has, has uh, touched upon. So uh, we know that the Senate is very close. We know the House is still kind of in the introductory process. So yes, April 1st will be very timely for this issue. So back to your point before, Kurt, yes, there are key members of Congress that are involved in trying to reach a compromise and write this bill. But if we have 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 surveyors coming to Washington and going to Capitol Hill on April 1st, and they're telling their senators, we need to have this provision in the bill. What will happen is those senators will then go to their colleagues who are writing this privacy bill and say, hey, what are we doing in these negotiations about surveyors? I've heard from surveyors in my state, they came to see me. We really need to make sure they're not adversely impacted by this legislation. That's how the system works, and that's why it's important for surveyors from every state to come to the NSPS event and participate in Day on the Hill. It's the old adage, it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease, and making that noise is, uh, is what our members will be doing in a very effective and professional manner. Well, thank you, John and JB, for joining me for this session of Surveyor Says. Uh, I'm really excited about getting this one posted for everybody to hear, and uh, hopefully we'll get a lot of feedback from this one for sure, and we want to encourage all of our listeners to participate, as you both have said. I'll just throw in, since it's going to occur before our Capitol Hill Day this year, and, and not always that's true, but National Surveyors Week is March 15 through 21. Uh, for those who don't know, it's always the week in March following the third Sunday. That's been established uh, a few years ago. And within that week, 
March 21st will always fall, either at the beginning or the middle of the end. And so it has been designated as Global Surveyors Day through NSPS efforts and our cohorts uh, around the world that we've gotten to know through our connections in FIG. So that's another thing we're working on, of course, is proclamations from the states and hopefully we'll get some recognition from uh, from the White House as well as we did uh, last year. So no promises Kurt, on you, that. But, but Kurt, you make a very good point. As, as NSPS members are trying to think of things they can do during Surveyors Week to help promote the profession, writing an op-ed, writing a letter to the editor, putting out a news release, even just developing a statement and putting it on on their website or social media about these three issues that we just discussed helps contribute to the public conversation about these issues. And so doing a little internal public relations during Surveyors Week around these issues is a great thing for every individual surveyor, every individual NSPS member, and their firm or organization to do during Surveyors Week. So it is tied together from a public relations standpoint. Encourage to close. Encourage to close the loop on that week. Uh, what we what we started out this uh, this broadcast with was the uh, the quick reminder, the heads up that we do have the two training webinars. Uh, again, the first one is going to be Wednesday, March 18th, at 2 p.m. Eastern, followed by that Friday, March the 20th, also at 2 p.m. Eastern. And then for those NSPS, NSPS members going to the Hill on April the 1st, we do have the in-person tutorial training session at the hotel on Tuesday, March 31st at 4.30 in the afternoon. So we're looking forward to uh, walking through more of the issues, more of the logistics involved with making this a very successful day on the Hill. And of course, we'll be publishing information about those activities on the through the newsletter and our other outlets our other social media outlets for everybody so they'll uh, be able to get that information well thank you both again and I, I'm so excited because we've begun this because through this mechanism now it's going to give us a great opportunity to do exactly what we're doing today at any time we need to do it as issues come along and and we need to get the word out to our to our membership and they will be able to go access it directly on the website without having to hunt for it so i'm i'm excited about this opportunity that that the podcast is providing for us and i think it'll really enhance the good work you guys are already doing well thank you for your leadership kurt and thank you for including us uh, in this podcast thanks again guys and i uh, look forward to talking to you soon Take care. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Kurt. You've been listening to Point of Order with Kurt Sumner, John Palatiello, and John J.B. Bird here on the Surveyor Says Podcast. Future episodes of Point of Order will feature a conversation with John Warren and Pat Beeler, both former NSPS past presidents and longtime participants in the NSPS legislative efforts. John also serves as the Political Action Committee Chair so we will talk a little more why financial support of the PAC is important to the NSPS cause. Our next episode will be in two parts and features our talk with Michael Dennis of NGS. He discusses the rationale of the deprecation of the foot on the first episode 
and we follow up with the upcoming changes to the 2022 state plan coordinate systems. Look for more visits with Michael as the progress of the NSRS 2022 moves closer to reality. More Table A Talk with Kurt Sumner and Gary Kent are being scheduled, so send your questions for Gary to info at nsps.us.com and put Table A Talk in the subject line. Upcoming episodes will include several NSPS young surveyors, educators, and a new series talking about insurance and liability for the surveyor. So remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, as well as our podcast host, Podbean. And watch our website, nsps.us.com, for information on future episodes. And remember, it's a great day to be a surveyor.